everybody. I'm Maddie. I'm Austin. And we are from the Will This Be On The Test podcast. This is a podcast where real medical professionals discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless you've been killed by a death eater, or worse, expelled, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Hi everybody, I'm Jackson Vane. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as Fatal Findings Findings, a deep dive into the wonderful film Fatal Findings, which I've watched the first three minutes of with Jackson just now, and oh my god, it's so good. I can't wait to do that movie. Uh, This is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Uh, Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find this podcast online on various social medias at Hi Everybody MD. And at HiEverybodyMD.com. You can also reach us at our hotline at 530-DOCTORB. What's B this week? The B stands for Burt Macklin FBI. Yes, because we are doing Parks and Recreation this week. Um, We're going to do Season 3, Episode 2, and a very appropriate episode for this time of year, Flu Season. Right. I'm about to get on a plane, and it might be a very appropriate episode for my life for the next 10 days. Yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, I get a health department report all the time, and we are at, like, critical mass. It's We're in San Diego right now, so everything moves west. So all of our easterly states, especially, I think, Arizona was the last report we got. They got hit real, real hard. So just make sure you guys wash your hands and all that other stuff. Yeah, and this is the stay safe. first year in a while that I haven't gotten the flu vaccine because I'm an idiot and lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how I'm feeling next time flight. we record. Yeah. But the whole basis of this episode is there's a crazy flu going around. Um, Anne says everyone's getting fever. Anne, who's a nurse. Anne is a nurse. Um, says there's fever, dehydration, diarrhea going around, making everyone super, super sick. And that's a big thing about the flu is a lot of people will say they got like a cold, like runny nose and congestion and cough. And like, oh, I got the flu. You'll know when you got the flu. I think someone described it best as, did you feel like you got hit by a bus? If you did, you got the flu. And the flu, you also, it's not just like runny nose and sniffles. It also includes like the whole shebang, including vomiting and mm-hmm. diarrhea, which is what they're trying to demonstrate yeah. in this episode. Uh, Leslie Nope's symptoms uh, as we began the episode were, were that she had a sore throat, a cough, she felt tired, and also she vomited five times that yeah. day. She says it's due to her allergies, yeah. and you would not believe how many times I get people tell me, oh, it's just allergies. I'm like, your child is sick, your husband is sick, you do not have allergies, it is a virus you probably have a cold and or the flu and it's really hard to have allergies if nothing is blooming Mm. and especially in winter yes we live in california still things are blooming less things are blooming significantly less so it's really hard to get allergies to something that's not existent and if you live in pawnee indiana even harder yeah because the snow has made all the leaves fall down and nothing's pollinating in the dead of winter not a climatology podcast. No, not definitely not a climatology podcast. Um, I do like how when they open up the show, they show April um, Aubrey Plaza lying in bed, just really sick. She was upset at Anne, but she's upset at Anne most mm-hmm. of this series actually, and wants her to do plenty of things over and over again. And my favorite line where she said, "I want a janitor because a janitor can basically do what you can, right?" And that is one line that gets 
that is not one that I would gloss over because we hear that stuff all the time. Because no one respects nurses. Or doctors. Or doctors. Yeah. They want someone who looks older. They want someone who will do what they want because they've done their research. They know way more than you do. Because they've seen multiple episodes of Dr. Phil. Correct. And have the WebMD app on their phone. They don't just go to the website. Dr. Phil would be good if they want to talk about their feelings. Mm -hmm. Dr. Oz is the one that they would watch if they want some bad medical advice or which supplements to use. And then the doctors, if they watch that, which is also another daytime show, is how to fix their sex life. Oh, and we learned this week, uh, Goop is coming to Netflix. I don't want anything to do with that. Oh, yeah, bad news. We're we're going to be talking about it. I know. I mean, thank you for giving us more material for weekly episodes. Because that's what we need. But you're going to break me with that one, I think. That one might be the one that might break me. Um, So I have a question about Anne. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously the premise of Parks and Rec is that they're doing a documentary because that's how they get to have the asides. Um, but we open with Anne talking specifically about her patient. Yeah. Uh, would that be something that, uh, April could opt into? It's super HIPAA not okay. Right. But I think the way they work around this is April is a willing participant in this quote unquote documentary. So it's okay for them to talk about all this stuff if April's fine with it. But April already implied consent that. Mm-hmm. They're part of this whole thing. Okay. Um, I think it's also funny, kind of sticking on top of with April, is how she keeps buzzing the buzzer. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to keep buzzing that buzzer. Um, you buzz it once, it goes to a relay center that tells us which bed is buzzing. The more times you push it, it's not going to buzz that much more. It just says that it buzzed off, and then we'll hear the beeping in the front, and maybe... The nurses are doing stuff, or we're, the doctors are doing stuff. We're not going to get to it any faster if you buzz repeatedly. Would you know that someone was buzzing repeatedly, or would it just look? Would, would it, it would, just, would it just be like the call light? It's like the call light at, on an airplane. The like, light is on, or the light is off. Correct. And you know what else makes us work really fast too? Standing outside of your room, going, "How much longer are you going to take? And can you come over here now?" Makes us work real fast. I mean, it's like. I hate to say it, but a lot of medicine is slowly becoming like this kind of retail industry. Mm-hmm. Or no, not retail. Customer service. service. Yeah. And, you know, we try our best all the time, but being mean definitely doesn't... It doesn't get you faster service at, at Red Robin, and it doesn't give you faster service no, in the ER. No. And that kind of makes me really sad um, that people treat us kind of like that. I know I'm not supposed to bitch and moan about it, but it is upsetting at times. And all, all we want is just to be treated with the same respect yeah. you would give anyone else you want everyone in and out as quickly as possible be- yeah. but because they are healthy yes i will i will make sure to get you out as quick as possible but only out safely mm-hmm. and i will tell that to every family is that my job is to make sure if i send you home everyone sleeps tonight including myself as the doctor because if i'm staying up all night making sure or worrying that i did something wrong or missed something wrong i did something wrong so mm-hmm. i will go back so that's like a little side note on that part. Um, did you take a bunch of emergency before your flight, or are you going to take a bunch of emergency? I probably will not, because I'm aware of the fact that vitamin C is water-soluble. Yeah. And so it, you can eat a couple oranges and have just as much of an effect. Yeah, and also people say zinc mm-hmm. can protect it a little bit. I think there's a theory that if it's in your nose, it'll encapsulate 
any cold virus and then prevent you from getting infected by it. It doesn't work. I think that's the premise of Airborne. Ah. Not going to happen. Or Zycam. Zycam. Zycam's the one. Doesn't work really well. And I think Leslie was pounding a bunch of emergency. She, she was uh, literally eating it like, uh, what's the fun dip? Fun dip or pixie sticks? Yeah. Yeah, she was just dumping it in her mouth just trying to get it to work. And that's not going to do anything. Really, the best way to prevent you from getting sick is hand washing, hand washing, hand washing. That's why we have hand sanitizer everywhere. Like, just wash your hands and keep it clean. Um, what about quarantining your sick office mate? Your sick office mate should not be showing up to work. Uh, what about we living in the United States and it's the beginning of the year and people don't have sick days? Oh, I mean... Uh, not really a healthcare shouldn't. politics podcast, but someday. But yeah, you should really shouldn't be going to work, but I'm not one to take my own advice because I've definitely shown up to work way sicker than I should be. Um, and, you know, it's kind of the thing you're trying to power through and mm-hmm. be that tough person that you can get through it. But Leslie was hallucinating. Yeah, Leslie lot. was actively hallucinating. Yeah, and that's the big thing with fevers is sometimes you can hallucinate with it, but it does not cause brain damage. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I need to stress this. Fevers don't cause brain damage. We get a lot of people that come to our ER for fevers. Again, not medical advice. You should come in if you're worried or something's bad. But if you're coming in just for a fever for like two hours without giving any medicine, uh, maybe second guess it. Because especially this time of year mm-hmm. in the emergency department, this is almost like a public service announcement more than anything. Try to see your regular doctor Try to not go to the ER unless you absolutely have to. Because you're going to be waiting for a long time. And you're probably going to be waiting around other sick people. And you might get sicker. So if you don't need to go to the emergency department, try not to go. Try any of those other resources. Yeah. Your, your, your regular doctor and urgent care. Yeah. Those are like good resources to use. Because, you know, the emergency department... You, I think the misconception is you're going to be seen really quickly. Mm-hmm. And we always tell people you're seen quickly for two reasons. The em- the waiting room's empty or you're really, really sick yeah. and you need saving right now. And those are the big reasons why I would go in. You're, you're not prioritized based on how long you've been there. You're prioritized no. based on how how much of an emergency it is yeah i mean i got called racist by an asian family because i saw another family before them even though the other kid wasn't breathing and they only came in for a rash yeah and for those who have aren't don't know jackson jackson is Asian. asian guy yeah um so that's why it made it really funny and i go i have no answer for you i'm so sorry you feel this way but your child has a rash, they are going to be fine. This other kid can't breathe, might not be fine. So that's like the big stuff that I mm-hmm. would say about, especially this flu season, that's an important message to get out is if you have just like a runny nose or a cough, you can wait a little bit. The urgent care is great. The emergency department it might not be the best place for you to go. What about Chris Traeger's method of I'm going to wear a mask? Masks are fine, especially if you're in a high droplet zone. Mm-hmm. I guess. And a good good way to explain droplet zone is if spit is flying at your face. Spit or, or sneezes. Or what? Sneezes. Sneezes. I thought you said C. diff. I'm like, yes. But yeah, if no. C. diff is flying at your face, also high also, droplet zone. definitely wear a mask. But anytime anything's flying at your face, masks can work. 
But you got to remember, if you take off the mask, you should wash your hands too, because that mask is probably covered with germs. Mm -hmm. And basically everything on the front of that mask will end up on your fingertips. Yeah, and Chris got hit really hard. Um, He almost looked like he had man flu. He looked... he, he. I mean, he probably was sick sick, but he also looked like he had a little hint of the man flu on there. Um... I, yeah, go ahead. Should I explain man flu? Yeah. Hemfluenza, the robotic plague, Ebola, <laughs> all those. <laughs> Not heard robotic plague the or robot- Ebola. Ebola is a good one. Yeah. But there's always a joke that um, a man having a cold is almost as bad as a woman going through labor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guilty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but he was really like I mean he looked like he was worn down right. he was vomiting a bunch I think at one point he said the most iconic line which was staring at a mirror saying to stop pooping the premise behind that is mm-hmm. the fact that he is so healthy that anything that that gets him ill uh, is throwing his perfect machine out of whack so hard Yeah, can you be so healthy that you get sick harder. I think it's almost relative in mm-hmm. this fact that he's never been sick before. So when he gets sick, he becomes a big baby. Okay. Um, it's saying that fat is your barrier mm-hmm. from getting sick makes no sense because it's probably on episode two of Netflix is the goop. Yes, but also. If that's the case, that having 0% body fat is why he got sick a lot, that means every obese person would be the most healthy, or would be the most immune to any kind of viral illness ever. Now, I'm not a doctor, Mm -hmm. but it's my understanding that all other things being equal, Mm -hmm. being morbidly obese is less healthy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So so Chris is theory about being the microchip and where the grain of sand hits him and make him sick makes no sense at all um that's why uh arnold schwarzenegger for example Mm -hmm. left the governorship um it's because he got the flu because he got the flu yeah definitely um if you want to kind of go on a tangent with the barrier kind Mm -hmm. of situation i think it's funny that leslie when she had her chills and fevers was bundled up in like a heavy, heavy, like, fubu jacket mm-hmm. for the youngins. A fubu jacket's like a super puffy, puffy jacket that had a scarf on it and all that stuff. And that's actually one of the f- bigger things that I'll see pretty often is when kids have fevers, parents will wrap them up and just trap in every ounce of heat. Oh, see, I never wanted that, like, to, um, to like, as a barrier. It yeah. was because I had the chills. Yeah, but you can control it by taking, like, you know, antipyretics like mm-hmm. Tylenol or ibuprofen would also help with that kind of situation. But wrapping you up in that many layers is essentially like a baked potato in foil. It's going to trap in the heat for a long time, right? So if you're really trying to defervesce or make someone not have fever anymore, you should take off their the blanket and all that stuff and let them cool off. But there's always that old wives' tale that if you get them cold while they have a fever, they get sicker and catch pneumonia. Which physiologically makes absolutely no sense <laughs> at all. Because you get pneumonia if you have liquid in your lungs. Yeah, and that could be because you haven't been taking deep breaths, you've been coughing a lot. Um, bacteria settles down to the lower parts of your lungs and that's how you get pneumonia. But not 
Not because, because you, you were sat in a hot bath. You, you sat in a cool bath. Yeah, or went outside when it was raining. Right. Doesn't happen. Um, I. So Ron Swanson, mm-hmm. uh, typical man's man, mm-hmm. blah 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 blah, hates hospitals. Yeah. I assume you see people like him all the time. Yeah. I'm going to avoid any acknowledgement of where I am. Yeah. And get out of here as quickly as possible. Yeah. I mean, it happens quite a bit, and you you try to appease them. You mm-hmm. go, you know, why are you here? How can I help you? And then if they don't want to play along, you're like, well, here's my opinion, or here's my advice that I give you. But if you don't want it, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. The only times I'm really aggressive about that kind of stuff is if it's life or death. And I've had situations where families refuse life-saving methods because... Of their personal beliefs. And mm-hmm. my, it's not even religious at times. It's their own misguided beliefs that there's natural ways or... Um, if Bart Simpson prays on this leg, it'll stay on. Correct. And that's usually when I ask him, like, well, what's our end goal here? You know, like, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing for your kid. I don't want to violate your wishes, but if we don't do this, your child mm-hmm. will get hurt or your husband might get hurt. And it's always a battle. In that kind of situation and it's hard because you want you know what you should be doing right but they're also so rooted in beliefs that they want that to be done and sometimes you'll hit an impasse where it can't be crossed and unfortunately we are at a point where everyone can find information that um that supports that, their own view that supports their own view yeah um for example listening to podcasts great way to think they're educated hosting podcasts even better way <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have to do research for every episode at least a little bit just mm-hmm. to make sure we're all talking about the right stuff because the last thing I want to do is give the wrong information. I just make sure that all the knife, the knives on the show are okay. <laughs> Call back to the Call last episode. To last eh? week. Um, um, can I? I think it's kind of interesting how Anne was able to determine dehydration on people very quickly. Yeah, it was just by taking their temperature. Uh, n- not accurate. No. I mean, Leslie having a fever 104.1, and she immediately goes, you're dehydrated. But if everyone was dehydrated in this episode, how come no one had an IV? Okay. Right? Um, so, they would, what would be the way that they would determine that then? Usually it's like, it's vital signs. So you take okay. your pulse, your blood pressure, and all that stuff. But other things too, you look at their eyes, if they're sunken in. You look at their mouth, do they have cracked lips? Does mm-hmm. their tongue dry? Is their mouth dry? You can push down on your fingernail bed and see how fast the blood comes back. If it takes more than three seconds, that's usually a good indication that you're pretty dehydrated. Too. Okay. So those are big things that you can do as well to help. Um, but everyone who got admitted into that hospital got some kind of flu medicine to mm-hmm. make them feel better. Yeah. Right? Generic flu medicine. They Gen- only call it flu medicine. Yes. I mean, I would assume it's Tamiflu, mm-hmm. um, which is also Tamivir, if, if I don't want to use the brand name. Um, but that works usually you want to use it in the first 48 hours because tamiflu i'm sorry also tamivir does not cure the flu it just makes the the symptoms not last as long Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest false perception about that medication is that it cures it's not making you healthy it's making you it's it's making you asymptomatic it makes you feel better slightly faster Right. It shortens the duration of your illness by one to two days. Which means that you're going to be less dehydrated, less vomity, less diuretic. You'll recover quicker, mm-hmm. I guess is a nicer way to say okay. it. Okay. But it won't cure you. 
Um, Will it make the the peak of illness less? Not always. It'll just make you not sick for as long. Okay. But the problem is the side effects really suck. Okay. So side effects include vomiting. Okay. Which you're already vomiting. And sometimes it happens immediately after you take the medicine. And then hallucinations is a big oh, one. Oh, so that's a real one. Yeah. You can actually take it and just start hallucinating like mad. Um, I remember when I was an urgent care doctor, I would see patients come in taking Tam- on Tamiflu. And the parents are freaking out because they're hallucinating like crazy. They'll say random stuff. They'll see animals crawling on the wall. Sometimes the cure is worse than the disease. Mm-hmm. And this might be one of those close situations. That's why we save Tamiflu um, for patients with comorbidities where they're at higher risk for other sicknesses. Like asthma. Mm-hmm. Kids are more likely to get pneumonia and that would hurt them a lot more. So that's why we try not to... We won't use it unless we really, really have to. Okay. I mean, at least that's my own practice. But if families request it, I do acknowledge... Or I do go over the risks or the yeah. side effects. So they this is what this them. drug actually does versus what it does in pop culture. And here's what to expect. Right. And... It's okay if uh, if, if Junior pukes and then screams that he is the, li- li- the lizard queen. Yeah. But if they are really out of it... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that answers my first question about Leslie's. Uh, I mean, run. Yeah. Uh, which is, um, she steals everyone's flu medication, which is impossible to do in the hospital. But yeah. You know why? Because they want they administer it for you. They not only administer it, but they'll scan you most of the time too. So if you have like a at least at my hospital, uh, everyone has a wristband on mm-hmm. this barcode. They're scanned, and then they're given the medication. Right. And then we see them taking it. It's it's not like they give it to you. It's not like the nurse, no matter whether you're in the ER or in uh, just a general uh, PED unit or whatever, they're not going to say, okay, here's your medication. Mm -hmm. Take one of these in six hours Mm -hmm. for me, please. Yeah. I mean, there are certain situations where we will trust the family or trust the patient. We'll take it once we leave the room. Because it might be upset or mm-hmm. crying or whatever. But most of the time, you are paying attention that they are taking their medications as directed. And that's an important, important fact. Because yeah. as House says, patients lie. It's not just House, it's all of us. I don't trust any patient. Um, trust but verify is mm-hmm. probably a nicer way of saying it. I don't believe everything 100%. I have to see it and have proof. Also because patients might not no 100 percent like might not be consciously not uh, not obviously not about taking their medications but of what their symptoms actually are what they actually mean yeah uh, which speaking of patients that are hard to deal with like that when they're mm-hmm. taking their medications i relate with Anne so much this episode yeah with her dealing with both uh april and, and leslie and chris. and chris yeah because she at one point said, I'm going to go in the closet, vent my frustrations by snapping all these tongue depressors. Like, that is super relatable. Is that the real reason they cost $200 a pop? Because nurses and, and doctors are breaking 85% breaking. of them? I mean, or someone comes in and steals all of them, which I've seen happen so many times. Kramer. Not Kramer, but I know we're doing a callback, but I've legitimately seen this happen before where families... 
pocketed all of my Tonga presses. Why? I don't know. They said, oh, aren't these free? I'm like, no, not for you. Like, I don't know what they wanted to do, but they stole all of my Tonga presses from, like, one of my rooms. We just went to Michael's. They would have been so much cheaper there. Also, they're not individually wrapped. So <laughs> it would have been so much easier to deal with in that situation. But um, I would give anything to do what Anne did at the end of her shift. Which is? Uh, basically, cussed out. Yeah. Um, the, the I, she literally counted down mm-hmm. the seconds till her shift ended and said okay now that i'm not nurse Anne, yeah uh you're being unreasonable yeah. you're being unpleasant i don't get it and also you should get back with your boyfriend yeah isn't this essentially the borders bookstore deal yeah um so i was telling jackson uh, a story before we recorded today of um, when I, I worked at Borders Bookstore as they were going out of business and we had a different manager for the liquidation because we were owned by a different company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we literally got one FU to a customer because we it was an unreasonable situation. They were not normal customers and they didn't care if they ever came back. So yeah. everyone in the employee of the manager that I worked for was able to say F you once with no repercussions. You would have no idea how much people in the healthcare healthcare field would wish for one card. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be like like maybe once a year. Just like one card and just use it. I'm sure most of us would have used it already and we're only in the like it's it, January sixth as we're recording. Or we're, we're not in the second week. Yeah. Like people would have been using it already. That card would have been destroyed at this point. But that is one of those things that we always try to keep our composure. But man, having that FU card, oof. Would you, if it was someone, so let's say it's similar situation. Sure. But she hit, let's say it's me. Uh-huh. I'm for some reason in a pediatric ER, which is issue number one. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm totally discharged. Mm-hmm. Everything's hunky-dory mm. because i was there because i was being unreasonable sure would you as dr jackson vane who treated me be able to come to me and say listen you moron no i would never say that um at least not in the hospital mm-hmm. uh, outside maybe but in the hospital it's professional time right even if i'm off duty it's always going to be professional time because other people are watching at all times Patient, other patients, other parents, nurses, nursing administrators, CEOs, who knows who's watching me. So I'm always on my best behavior at work. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of work, if you were my friend and I had to talk to you afterward, I'm like, look, maybe this is not the right thing to do. And I've definitely told that to some patients. Like, and I go, you know what? You're a little too old for my ER. Um, but let me help you realize when you need to come here. If you really need to, we're here to help you, but I need to send you to a big person doctor and you should really be seeing a big person doctor. I actually do use those terms, big person doctor, but I would never ever cuss someone out in in a work scenario. Mm -hmm. I've been, me personally, I've been sworn at, called like, I I assume almost, almost every shift. Probably. And now it's, it feels like it at times, especially when it's getting busy. It definitely happens a lot more. But I just have to be professional. I've had Peter Ernst call me a punk-ass bitch and walk out on me telling me I'm not a real doctor. And all I could say is, okay, bye. Nice talking to you. I'm sorry you feel that way. But I document all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I have to be the bigger person always. And I think Anne kind of losing her cool, though that is all of our dreams to do at some point, we can never do it. Okay. Unfortunately. Um, what about the actual reaction to a patient disappearing? Oh, that would freak me out. Especially, I mean, we get that happening. We've had that happen before mm-hmm. where a patient would just run away. Um, I've had parents who just take their kids and leave. So unless they are in a life-threatening situation, sometimes you just have to let them no, go. Um, referencing Leslie Nope, taking, so uh, taking everybody's drugs and, yeah, and wandering and off. Leslie's a different situation because she was admitted. Right. And usually if you're admitted, that means you're sick enough that you couldn't go home in the first place. So if I was one of the staff on there and I learned about that, we'd be calling the police Mm -hmm. because they ran away and we got to find them because we got to make sure they're fine because you don't know if they're dying or in a ditch somewhere. Right. So you actually have to call the police to look for this patient who eloped. So she wouldn't actually have the opportunity to make it to City Hall and give the speech of her life. I'm sure she she would give a speech at City Hall and the police would be there going, hey, shouldn't she be in the hospital? Or an ambulance would be there mm-hmm. to take her to the hospital or something like that. Would that be a situation where something like a 5150 would come into play? No, uh, no because she no. even though she's be- acting at risk to herself, it's not a mental health risk. It's Correct. A, it's a poor decision risk. Okay. Or just people and, are allowed, no or matter. at least, or at least finding them, making sure they're fine, and telling them like, "Hey, should you be in the hospital?" And they're like, "I don't feel fine. I don't want to go back." Then it'll be an ethics discussion. Yeah, pe- people are allowed to rationally make bad decisions as opposed to they be can, a danger to themselves because of mental health. They can sign out against medical advice. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what would be the situation. There would be they would have left AMA mm-hmm. instead of, you know, I'm leaving because I want to die. Right. Different. Very different situation right. from that point. But yeah. Um, moment of clarity like Leslie has mm-hmm. at, at the point of delusion that she was at. Is that the sort of thing that you... My, Michael Jordan did it. Uh, there we go. Michael Jordan did it when his flu game, he he turned, in, he turned out a great performance during the playoffs with the flu. Sometimes your adrenaline pushes you through these really, really hard situations. And then the minute all of your adrenaline's burnt out, you're right back you're to back you. to this is Mr. Wibbly face. Yep, and then you you just you just crump out. Like I've had thirty hour calls where I've lost my voice, feel like crap, pushed all the way through. The minute I got home, hell, dead, on the couch, mm-hmm. asleep. If you want to do something at that point, like if you're that motivated and you can push through, you can do it. It's just you're gonna feel horrible once all the fight or flight wears off <laughs> because so. you've used all your your adrenaline. Correct. Um, so with that, any other notes on the episode? No, I think we hit them all. All right. Then I have an important question. Uh, the human centipede builds itself as 100% medically accurate. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, how medically accurate is Parks and Rec flu season? I'm looking through my notes because I knew that question was coming up. (sighs) You figured it out. I mean, here's the thing. With how people were reacting, which really is the whole point of the show, right? It's how people are reacting to certain situations and whatnot. A lot of it's realistic. Like, Leslie's saying she has allergies um, and losing it with patients. Chris, who's never been sick before, acting like the biggest baby in the world and shut down. All of these are very realistic things of how people react. In terms of the medicine part, 
dehydration and no one's getting IV fluids. Patients able to take other patients' medications. Mm -hmm. um, Patients eloping without any kind of repercussions. That kind of bounces lower. So I would say in the grand scheme of things, it's probably as accurate as a human centipede. If we assume that it's a really bad hospital. Yeah. Then significantly more accurate. Yeah, but even my really bad hospitals that I've worked at... Which um, you've never worked at one, but you've heard of them. I mean, as a res- as a medical student, um, I rotated through quite a few hospitals. Okay. Some of them were... A nice way to say it, subpar. Yeah, so, um, some were exceptional and some were not. Some were not. The, the, the subpar ones, they probably would have been able to get away with certain things, but definitely not the medication errors mm-hmm. and definitely not the patient elopement. Okay. That's like a never happen. Like we always talk about things that can happen in the hospital, but it's like near miss and never happens. That's a never happen. It should okay. never ever happen. So, uh, yeah, about I think all of it balances out to human centipede level. Okay. Uh, and so next question I ask is mm-hmm. how would we make the episode more accurate while keep medically accurate while keeping the stakes high? Just pop an IV in people. Pop like, an IV in people. Because it would be funny watching Chris trying to push around an IV because he's never had something like this in his body before. The other thing you can easily sell it as is he's so like musculature or so healthy. It, you can pop an IV in, but it's so hard to get it through mm-hmm. because he's so strong kind of situation like that. Um, have we have the scene where Leslie is signing herself out as opposed to yeah. well being completely de- delusional? Yeah, or actually having her dress up and trying to escape and everyone trying to stop her mm-hmm. and then she runs out. That would be funny too. So that would work as well, especially her with the whole parka on and whatnot. That would work really well. But yeah, I mean that's like the biggest stuff. Again, it's all nitpicky stuff in this situation, but you can actually still make things funnier just based on those two small things, especially with Leslie trying to escape the hospital. Mm-hmm. That in itself is an act that you can do. Cool. Yep. All right. Um, with that, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you can drop us a note at Hi Everybody MD on all sorts of social media if you want to record a promo. Uh, you can find that at HiEverybodyMD.com. Okay. We'll see yep. you next week. Yep. Thanks, folks. Hopefully I won't be talking to you from my own personal flu season. Oh, God, no, please, no.